Hello and welcome to another podcast brought to you by Life Community Church, Leamington Spa. Recorded at one of our Sunday morning services, we hope this message inspires, equips and encourages you to grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. For those who don't know, my name's Dave, I'm one of the leaders here. It's a great privilege today to be opening up the the Word of God to you today. And uh, we're in the this is part six of a sort of series, summer series of one-off messages called Just a Thought. And so basically, if you're here for the first time or tuning online, then basically each speaker is sharing something that God is speaking to them about um, called Just a Thought. And uh, I've got a device here, an alarm clock. This is actually Daniel's alarm clock, okay? So we bought Daniel's alar- an alarm clock so we can set it every night to help him get up in the morning for school. Gosh, he's only eight. <laughs> So um, in the morning, he hears this tune. Now, that is not very loud, is it? But sometimes if he doesn't switch it off, it's really annoying, (laughs) which he's been known to do. That's gone off like about four o'clock in the morning one time, and I've woken up and heard that. So great, alarm clock. But who here has got an alarm clock? Come on. Yeah, who sets their alarm clock on a regular basis? Okay. Does anyone here naturally wake up at certain times? A lot of people. Okay, great. Um, The title of my message today is It's Time To. And uh, I want to just share a little story about me. Um, There was a time, so when I was, I went to university at Coventry University. And the way that the the course was structured, I studied IT, computer science. And the way the course was structured, we had two years where we were studying at the university. Then we had a a third year where we had to work in industry. Uh, paid, but for the year we worked in industry, and then we came back for a fourth year, did our final year. That's the way it was structured. So it was getting in, it was in the second year, we had to try and find an employee, sorry, an employer, who would employ us for the year. And I remember trying to, I applied to IBM, and I wasn't successful. And then I also applied to Thomas Cook. Now, Thomas Cook, for those that don't know, have their headquarters in Peterborough. And so there was many of us on the course that applied, and that day they were interviewing at least 20 people for my course, as well as other universities. So um, that's important to know. Anyway, so the day before, well, the week before we were preparing, we were doing mock interviews. It was my, I'd done interviews before, but it was my proper, proper, I guess, job interview. It was a lot, a lot at stake there. And so it came to the night before, I set my alarm clock, as I do for my, my uh, getting up early in the morning. I had a lot of travelling. I had to get on the train in the morning. And uh, so what happened the, in the morning, the alarm went off. And I think, looking back, I might have hit snooze. Who's ever heard the expression, snooze you lose? Yeah, okay. And I think it even went off again. And to my shame, I think I snoozed it again. And then I realised, oh no, it's the day of my interview. So literally, I was, I was frantically trying to throw my clothes, my, my suit, and brush my teeth and get ready. And then, then I had to call the, um, call the taxi to get to the train station. And um, anyway, I missed my train. And the train service from Coventry at the time to Peterborough wasn't that frequent. I had to be there, at, I think it was about one o'clock. Or a bit, a bit earlier, I can't remember, it's years ago now. And I'd miss my train. I was absolutely gutted. The next train would mean that I was going to be late. What do you do? Different options came to my mind. Do I, number one, um, just 
chalk up to experience and don't bother attending the interview. Do I attend the interview anyway? Do I phone them up? I thought, you know, I've got to do the right thing here. I've, I'm going to, I'm going to phone them up. I'm going to um, just say I'm, I'm really sorry. And this was the day. This shows my age. This is the literally a few years before mobile phones came out really popular. So I didn't have an, a mobile phone. This was in the 90s. And so I found a, a call box. You remember the call boxes? Yeah. I found a phone box and I phoned up the number to Thomas Cook headquarters, and uh, I couldn't get hold of anyone. I tried the main numbers that I'd given, could get hold. I got hold of an answer phone. So literally, very nervously, I left a message on the answer phone saying, I am really sorry. Um, I, I've missed my train, um, but I'm coming anyway. My train will get in at this time. Um, uh, yeah, I'm really sorry, and, and hung up. I mean, who hates speaking to answer phones? Yeah, you can never comes out exactly as you want to say it. So I was on the train. I, was, oh, I felt sick. I felt sick. I knew that probably all my um, mates at university had probably already got there. And the great thing about it, at the, at the Thomas Cook headquarters, it was lovely. They had um, their own sports and leisure centre. So they said, when you come, you can play golf, not golf, um, squash, badminton, whatever you want to do. Go to the gym, and then you have your interviews. Of course, there's going to be no time for that. I was going to be late. Anyway, got there, and eventually, massive headquarters. I couldn't believe it. It's so big, um, big sort of escalators, really grand, got there feeling really nervous, feeling really sick. And then what they had done, I found them, and I found some of my, um, my mates from university, and they were all really annoyed. I said, what's up? He says, well, you're, you're first on the list, being B for Bolton. And what they've done, they've decided they're going to wait. They got your answer message. They decided they're going to wait for you, and they're still going to interview you first. So all of us have had to wait. <laughs> so I was flavor of the month, yeah. Isn't it interesting that when you're in, I'm not, now, hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying me being late was God's fault. But when you're in the will of God, and God's got something for you, and you, you do the right thing, you walk into the, into the plans of God, don't you? And out of the 20, well, there's probably about 30 people that went for the interview that day. There's probably three places going, and I got one of the places. Everything said, Dave, <laughs> don't bother. You know, you're late, all this stuff, but I got the place. Um, but who here wishes sometimes they had more time? Whether you're late or just in life in general, you wish you had more time. You know, and the reality is we've all got the same amount of time, haven't we? And we spend it in different ways. I found these interesting facts, and this is really interesting. This is taken from a research found in 2014. So this is talking about Americans. This is research from America. And uh, the life expectancy in America in 2014 was said to be 78.6 years. I don't quite know where they get the 0.6 years from, but 78.6 years. And this is how they say that the research said people spend their lives. So in those average of 78.6 years, 25 years are spent sleeping. That's an average of eight hours a day. Do you know that um, a horse sleeps for three hours a day and a bat needs 20 hours? Useless information. 25 hours a year, 25 year, years in our life expectancy are spent sleeping. Also, 10.3 years are spent working. Women. Apparently, you spend 17 years of your life trying to lose weight. <laughs> Apparently, you watch TV on average about 9.1 years. 
It's a long time. And of those 9.1 years, we spend, no, in addition to that, no, of those 9.1 years, we spend two years watching the adverts, the jolly adverts. Wow, of our whole life. Might even be more for some people. We spend 1.1 years cleaning. We spend 2.5 years cooking. And we spend 3.66 years eating. And you know, apparently, we spend 67 minutes a day eating and consume up to 35 tons of food in our lifetime. Isn't that amazing? We spend 4.3 years of our lives driving. And we spend three months of our lives in traffic. We spend 1.5 years of our life, now it might be more for some of you, in the bathroom. Okay? And... Uh, I'm not meaning to be rude here, but we spend 92, years, 92 days of our life on the toilet. And on average, apparently, men spend four minutes more per day on the toilet than women. Interesting, isn't it? Interesting facts. Okay, coming into land, women spend nearly one year deciding what to wear. And then apparently, men spend apparently one year of their life looking at women. Balances out, doesn't it? Um, and apparently, women spend eight years of their lives shopping. Eight years shopping. Goodness. So I don't know about men. I'll have to find that one out. Um, and apparently, and it's probably more for Leanne, women spend 1.5 years doing their hair. Isn't that interesting? Wow. Okay, time. We all wish we could have more time, time to, to do different things in our lives, time to spend it on the things that we really want to spend it on. And if I could ask you, would you want to, if you could have more time and you could, I could give you a secret formula, would you want it? But the reality is I can't. I can't give you more time because we've all got been given the same amount of time. If I could share some thoughts this morning about how you could use your time to get the most out of life, wouldn't you want to hear that? Because time is so important to every single one of us. I can't teach you this morning about managing time. Why? Because who on this earth can manage time? Time just happens, it flows, and for some of us, and for many of us, it flows through our hands, and we can't get a grasp of it. It's time to, is the title of this message. And the thought today is simply this. Thanks, Jude. To be successful, you need to prioritize and maximize your time. To be successful, prioritize and maximize your time. And we're going to turn right now to the book of Ephesians, chapter 5, and we're going to read from verses 8 to 17 in the book of Ephesians. And the word of God really gives us some absolute clarity when it comes to the whole concept and issue of time and it's going to be really hopefully do us good as we read these verses together but remember to be successful prioritize and maximize your time before we go into this um paul wrote the book of ephesians i love the book of ephesians it's probably one of my favorite books certainly in the new testament and Paul was a, an apostle. He, um, he had his conversion, came to faith uh, when he had a, a revelation of Jesus on the road to Damascus. And basically, he's written about half of the New Testament. And the Ephesians 
book itself is, uh, is thought to be, some of Paul's letters were written to individual churches, and it's thought that perhaps the, the book of Ephesians was perhaps a circular letter that was sent to various different churches, happened to end up in Ephesians, had to be called the name Ephesians, but it probably did the rounds going to various different churches in, um, in the early church. And it's basically split up into, th- into six chapters. The first three chapters look at, as Christians, what our duty is or what we are to, to believe. And they talk about the fact that we've been saved by grace through faith. Isn't that amazing? That's, it's a gift of God. We can't earn our, our way to, to heaven. We can't earn our salvation. But it's a gift of God through believing, through faith. And that we've been adopted. We've been chosen before the foundation of the earth to be God's sons and daughters. Isn't that amazing? And our identity in Christ. That's summed up in the, the first three chapters of the book of Ephesians. And then the, the final three chapters look at our duty or what we should be doing, our behavior. The fact that as we've been called into relationship with Jesus Christ, that we're meant to outwork that. And to see other people in our community, in our families, in our friends, to become into that relationship too. That we have a duty to, to walk as light. And Paul describes different ways, uh, different ways of walking in chapters 4 to 6. He talks about walking in unity. He talk, talks about walking in love. He talks about walking in light. He talks about walking in wisdom. That's our responsibility, our duty as Christians, if we're a Christian here today or listening online. And that takes us to Ephesians chapter 5, verses 8 to 17. And we're just going to read up to verse 14 for the, for the moment. For you... Were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. And Paul has shared the fact that we have a, a, a war within us to, to do as we please, even if we have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Who knows whether a Christian or not yet a Christian, no one's perfect, yeah? And we have this constant wrestle and wrestling and, and striving within us to do the wrong thing. Have you ever felt that pull in your life? To do the wrong thing when you know to do the right thing? And it's like this battle, this, this like tug of war within our lives. And Paul is saying, live by the Spirit and choose to do the right, th- the right thing. Live as children of light. Verse 9, for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. That's our responsibility. What does please God? Find it out. And have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. Verse 12, it is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible. And everything that is illuminated becomes a light. You know when it's dark, whoever has ever gone camping? And you have a torch and it's pitch black and you turn the, the light on and suddenly the light dispels the darkness. See, darkness can't dispel the light. Light is greater than darkness. Light dispels the darkness. And God, through Paul's letters, telling us to, to walk as children of light. And verse 14 says this. This is why it is said, wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. I'm mindful of um, a time in my life when... I, I became a Christian at an early age in a Christian household, and many of you know my, my testimony, my story of faith, how I came to faith. And when I was at university, just literally just before the story that I just told you at the beginning, um, I wasn't walking with God. Um, I was in a season of my life where I was choosing to live as I wanted to, not to please the Lord, and made various decisions which actually had bad effects on 
different people in my life at the time. And I felt I'd go to bed at night and I'd, and I'd, I'd still pray, not in a religious way, but just chat with God. But I just was holding God at arm's length. You ever done that in your life? You've held God at arm's length. You know what the right thing to do. I knew the, the, there was a pull in my life to have that relationship right with God. But I was holding him at, at arm's length because I wanted to do my own thing and, and walk my own way. And it came to the fact, um, the, the year later, I, was at, I started my job at Peterborough for Thomas Cook. And I went to a conference and uh, my parents were nagging me to go and various things. And I went to the conference and I just knew in my heart, I just knew that I had to get right with God. And I couldn't tell you to this day what the, the speaker was talking about. But he said, if you want to make a decision for the first time to, to become a Christian, come to the front. And then he said, if you want to make a rededication of your life to God, to recommit your life to God, then come to the front. And I just knew that was for me. I just got out of my seat and I just walked to the front. And I cried, tears of absolute joy, but I just knew the feeling of being forgiven. Those decisions that I'd taken that weren't very good, that affected different people for the ill, I knew that I had been forgiven. I knew that I'd been given a second chance. And it was simply amazing. And I remember thinking in that season of my life, God, my life belongs to you. You can do whatever you want with my life. I still remember to this day, the cold light of day decision. You can do whatever you want with my life. And do you know what? I still pray that prayer. And that's not because I'm any special. To be honest, if we're a Christian here today, if we have a faith in Jesus Christ, that should be the prayer that we should all be praying, shouldn't it? Lord, you can do whatever you want with my life. And I guess it's a bit like when it's often said of, of People when they're drunk, people that are really, really intoxicated, sometimes there's a, there's a real blurriness and, and fuzziness. And sometimes there becomes a moment in their time of their drunken stupor of what they call a moment of clarity, where suddenly something makes sense. And I guess that's what I had in my life, a moment of clarity where, if you like, the light was switched on and I realized that there was a God that loved me, a God that loved me so much he could forgive me of what I thought was even the worst sins, the worst bad doings. And God wanted to give me fresh purpose. And that's why God says, wake sleeper. And he said, telling me those years ago, wake sleeper, wake David, rise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. Christ will shine on you. Christ will give you his light. If you don't know the way forward in life, God will cause his light to shine on you if you just commit your life to Jesus Christ. And then we come in verses 15 to 17. And we're just going to focus and keep this up for a little while. Paul continues, having said that, be very careful then how you live. I wonder if we can say these, these words out loud together. Come on, after three. One, two, three. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Isn't that amazing? Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise. God wants us all to be wise. Whether we're here today and we have a faith or we don't have a faith, who wants to be wise in life? Yeah, we all want to be wise in life. 
And, we, and God is saying, make the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. And if you like, through 2,000 years ago, from the, the Apostle Paul to us today, Jesus saying, come on, be wise. Be wise. How can we be, be, be wise? Number two things. We can be wise by making the most of every opportunity. And we can be wise by understanding what the Lord's will is. This takes me to my luggage. Remember, our thought today is simply that to be successful, we have to prioritize and maximize our life. And we went camping over the, over the summer. And one thing I've learned about Leanne is it's a, she's a nightmare when it comes to packing. Now, granted, she does the children's packing as well as, as her own, and I do myself, and then if we go and camping, any other bits. But um, because ever since I met her and, and married her, she's into bags. So she has a suitcase, and then she has like, 101 bags. And I'm thinking, how on earth... Are we, anyone else like that here? Few, yes, guilty hands, yeah. And I'm thinking, how... I've got to, I'm the one that's got to get all that luggage into the car. I'm thinking, that ain't going to fit. Okay, so how are we going to get all these different bags into uh, the car? So I'm into, first of all, prioritizing. What do we need to take? What do we, what's, an, what's an absolute essential and need? And then what's a luxury? And there's Leanne with a countless pairs of shoes. I'm thinking, you don't need them. You don't need them. And there's me with our one pair of shoes. So I'm thinking about prioritizing. So when you've got a suitcase as Leanne did, and it's only a, a small suitcase, and uh, you've got to get things in it. And in here, we have some towels, we have some jumpers, and it's already full. And I'm thinking, okay, what we need to do, Leanne, we need to get rid of these extra bags, and we need to put it all, what we can, into the suitcase. But when you do the maths, it's not all going to fit, is it? These are actually my, my shoes and things, so that's not going to fit, is it? So what we have to do, we have to prioritise. We have to think, okay, what am I going to? What do I need? Well, you don't need three pairs of shoes. You just need one. So what we'll do, we'll just put those back in, and have one pair of shoes. Leanne, we don't need two towels each. That was that was honest. That's serious. Had two towels for everyone. So let's have one towel each. Okay. So we don't need all of these. Let's have one towel. And Leanne, we don't need five jumpers or you know, cardigans. We just need one each. You know, it's going to be sunny. And it was glorious sunshine when we went away. So what we do is we prioritise. We'll put them back here. Very good. Take some towels out. One towel each. Two towels, that's fine. Okay. And that's all good. And then we do that. Now, the reality is it's still not going to, even though we've prioritised, it's still not going to fit, is it? Now, have you all seen the brilliant device on many of our suitcases of today? What it does? You've got an extra zip. Have you seen it? An extra zip. So I'm going to use this extra zip, which, which raises the top of the suitcase. So here we go. My extra zip. Now I'm going to see if I can get it all in. I haven't actually tried this, so should have done. There we go. 
Fantastic. Now I can get that in the car, can't I? Thanks, Liam. And all these extra bags, all these two extra bags, we can leave them at home because we don't need them. What have I done? I've prioritized and I've maximized. I've put as much as I can in the suitcase. And if you like, our life represents, this suitcase represents our life. We all have one suitcase in terms of we all have the same amount of time while we're alive, 24 hours in a day, seven days a week. But are we prioritizing our life or our suitcase, what to put in, and are we making the most of it? Are we maximizing? Are we using the additional zip to get more in? We possibly can. Getting more in isn't about working more and all that, but getting the things that we need to, the things that we prioritize, that we said we need to get into the suitcase of our lives. I'll just leave that there. Wonderful. Someone's defined success. You ask different people what success is in life, and you get different answers. Some people view success as um, having fame and fortune, or having a a certain social status in life, or even achieving celebrity status. Many young people today, they're after that celebrity status, certainly with social media, and then they watch the X Factor and various things. They want to be on the stage, they want to have star and and fame and fortune, but maybe some people, that is success. Because if you look at the Oxford Dictionary definition of success, success is the accomplishment of, a, of an aim or a goal. So if you're, someone's aim is to have fame, to have fortune, then they've essentially become success, successful. But what is success for your life and my life? What does it look like? And if we're a Christian here today, what does God want success in our lives to look like? Some things that we can take away from this. Number one, we need to prioritize our life. We all have the same amount of time, but what's important for your life? How can your life be a success? If you're Christian here today in God's eyes, but how can your life be a success? What are your aims and your goals? Do you know what? God has got a plan and a purpose for every single believer. And I say this all the time, while we've got breath in our body, there's a plan and there's something for you to do. There really is, no matter our, what our age is. I was um, in my office this week, and I was just, uh, just looking around. And I just thought to myself, you know, I was looking at the ceiling, and I just thought, everything in my life is temporary. Absolutely everything in my life is temporary. The relationships the things in my possession, the chair that I'm sitting in. Do you know, everything will end up in the landfill someday. Maybe the, one of the best things you could ever do as a parent is take your children to a landfill site and show them where possessions end up. Because everything is temporary. Everything is fleeting. So if everything's fleeting, everything's temporary, God, what do you want me to do with my life? Paul wrote in in Ephesians chapter 5, he said, understand what the will of the Lord is. And the will of the Lord for all of us looks different. But if we wake up each day saying, God, what do you want me to do with my life today? Do you know what? There's no better prayer or question that you could ask of God. Those of us who are 
task-oriented or we've got um, to-do lists, hold them lightly and still ask God, God, what do you want me to do with my life today? Even the last two weeks, I've asked that of God every single day. God, and every day, can I say has looked different to my to-do list? I've got some of the things done on my to-do list, but you know what? I'm asking God, I'm not, we've got to learn to say no, and we've got to learn to say yes. Saying no is not necessarily the will of God, and saying yes is not necessarily God's will for your life. But ask God, what do you want me to do today? And as I've said before, expect some interruptions in your life. We had a, a funeral service this week from someone in the community, and I had the option of, of taking that funeral service or not, but I just felt in my heart that's what God wanted. It was a way of reaching out to a gentleman who just lost his wife in the last uh, couple of weeks and just be able to sit with him, spend some time with him. It was just, I believe, God's will for my life that day to minister. Prioritize your life. Thanks, Jude. And then we need to maximize. And what areas can we maximize? Well, there's, there's many areas that we can maximize, but just th- three that are mentioned in the book of Ephesians. The areas of faith, family, and function. I'd say, first of all, the most important area that you can maximize your life in and prioritize your life is your area of faith. If you're, if you're a Christian here today, your relationship with Jesus Christ, that should come as top of your priority list. If that's not top on your priority list, you've got your priorities upside down. Because everything is temporary. But only your relationship with Jesus Christ is the thing that really matters. God entrusts us various things, but growing in our relationship with Jesus Christ is the thing. And I mentioned before this pull in our lives about just living according to the, our old nature of doing the wrong thing versus living for God and doing the right thing. And it's evident in every single person, every single Christian, that constant battle to, to do the wrong thing versus doing the right thing. And Paul talks us and urges us in the book of Ephesians to walk according to the Spirit. What does that mean? It's saying, God, help me today to do the right thing. Any temptation that you face, God knows the temptation that you're up against. And he only allows the temptation. Temptation doesn't come from God, but he allows a temptation that he knows you can deal with. Not by yourself. Some temptation you might be able to deal with by yourself because you might have a strong day. You might also have a weak day. But through God, he provides the way of escape that we might be able to bear it. So ask God for help. Ask God to walk. How do you do that? Church, prioritize a time with God in your life. Daily, a time with God. Set your alarm clock that little bit earlier. This isn't a legalistic thing where you've got to pray for hours on end. Some of you will, and that is brilliant. But set your alarm clock. Spend 10 minutes with Jesus. What does that look like? Pray. Get a, read the Bible. Maybe get a, a, a Bible study help or a devotional. There's loads of stuff online. If you've got the Bible app, then there's loads of, of devotions that you can sign up to that are relevant to you. There's devotions about for, for fathers and parents and mothers. There's devotions about the work life. There's devotions about just seeking God or our worship. So many things that you can engage with. 
but read it. And don't just read the words that someone's written. Read the Bible passage, because the word of God, as they come into us, they help transform our lives. Grow in your faith. In this church, we're all about maturity, all about growing in our, in our walk with God. And I want to urge you again, we are in a season of September, there's a lot of restarts, as school restarts, as we're parents, and we're restarting on, on the, or continuing in our, our life groups. Get plugged in. If you've never been to a life group, or if you have been, you haven't been for a while, get plugged in. Sign up today. We've got um, Pete and Anne, we've got David and Emily, we've got um, Steve on the door and, and Kate, who are life group leaders. Well, come and see me. But get plugged into a life group. There's an opportunity for you to grow in your faith with other people. And no one there is perfect. So if you're expecting a perfect group, <laughs> you're not going to find it. But you're going to find people that want to grow in community with each other. So don't miss out. Sign up today in life groups. Grow in your family. Prioritize and maximize your family. You know, God wants us to suck every ounce of, out of life. That includes rest. Fun, enjoyment. I've come that you may have life and life it, life to the full, said Jesus. It's not all about work. And, and, but God wants us to maximize our family. Those relationships, he goes on to in, in, in chapter 5 and chapter 6. That's husbands and wives. Those of us that are married. Let's maximize that relationship, you know. Maximize, are we spending time with each other? Quality time with each other. Our sons and daughters, or if we are a son or daughter, are we maximizing those relationships? Our friends. It says in chapter 6, children obey your parents. But it also says, fathers, don't provoke your children to wrath. So we've got a, rela- a responsibility as, as parents or children to spend time with our family members. Sometimes that's not always easy if they're not close to home. But we can pick up a phone. We can Skype in the age of communication. We can write a letter, send a text, send an email, show some photos. We can spend time with our family. And our function finally talks about our, what we do, our working life. Or what we do if we don't, not at work, what we do with our time. Maybe how we serve our community serve within the church, our function, what we do. And, and Paul doesn't pull any punches. He says, to, um, he says to masters, if you like, bosses, you know, um, he tells them to treat their employees right. And to employees, he instructs us to work and do our best where he's placed us as if we're doing it not to please our boss, but to please God, who is looking at everything that we do. That means if you're a barista, it means if you're a factory worker, an office worker, every email you write, every um, coffee you serve is done to the best of your ability. Then when you're doing it, you're serving not your boss, who's looking on, but God. And do you know what? Promotion comes from God. When we make the most and maximize what God's, God's given us into our hands, he'll bless and he'll show us, actually, I can give you more. I can entrust you with more because you're being a good steward. And do you know what, church? There is a reward. We don't talk about rewards much, but there is a reward of how we live our lives in heaven. There's a reward of how we serve people 
how we've blessed people, how we've lived our lives. There's rewards if we do it to the best of our ability. So God wants us to prioritize, and God wants us to maximize our lives. To be successful, prioritize and maximize your life. And I'm just mindful, as it's just come into land now, Thanks, Jude. Paul writes, this is why it is said, wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. We only have one life. I'm reminded of that for every funeral service I take. One life to live. One life to give. And God wants you, church, God wants us to prioritize our time. Busy, 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 busy isn't the way to go. Sometimes we think because we're busy, things are great. But what are the things that God wants you to focus on? Not the person next to you, but you. What are the things God's calling you to prioritize? We've seen three of them, three of those F's. Our faith, our family, our function, what we do. But what is he asking you within those areas to prioritize? When we hear messages like this, we can hear it and think, okay, that's great. And we walk out the doors and we have our lunch on a Sunday. But church, it's time to wake up. It's time to wake up. We have a community out here who needs to know the love of Jesus. Your workplace is your mission field. Where you work, where God has placed you, not me, is your work, is your mission field. God wants you to wake up and see that as a harvest field of souls, of people, customers, workmates, bosses that can come into relationship with Jesus Christ. Why do you always work with a smile on your face, even though it's difficult at times? even though it's a stressful office? Why do you serve that cup of tea the way you do, with a smile on your face? Why do you live your life with hope when everything's rubbish? Because I've got a faith in Jesus Christ. Church, it's time to wake up. There's a harvest of people who don't yet have a relationship with Jesus Christ that are waiting for you. And do you know what? You are the answer. I am the answer. And when we take our responsibility seriously, say, God, I want to prioritize my life now. I want to make room for you, make room for the relationships that matter, and I want to serve the purpose of God in my generation. That's what pleases God. Make time for rest. It's not all about work and time for rest and enjoying life, but time for prioritizing. It's time to wake up. Are you ready to wake up? Are you ready to wake up? Come on, wake, wake up, men and women of God. Wake up. Wake up. And view every day as a precious gift from God. We haven't got tomorrow, seriously. We've got today. We haven't got Monday morning, Monday the 5th of September. We've got Sunday the 4th. How are you and I going to maximize and prioritize our time? And if we just view life through the lens of, of brevity and fragility then our lives can make a difference. This is your watch and my watch. How are we going to?
maximize. I'm going to pray. Just take a, just a few moments, just in this, in this quiet moment, and just reflect maybe what's one thing that you need to do, having heard this message. What's one thing that you need to prioritize or reprioritize in your life? Are you wasting time in certain areas and do you need to maximize your time in other areas? Let God just guide you. Let God give you wisdom to make the most. That phrase, make the most, means to buy back. It means to, as if time was a product, buy back and, and redeem it and make it better. How are you going to make better the time that you have today? Are you asking, God, what is your will for my life on a daily basis? When the interruptions come, and they will, and they're God interruptions, are you meeting them? We hope that you enjoyed this message. For many more resources and for more information, visit our website at www.life-cc.org. 